Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with author Fiona Basil about her picture book, Shh, God is in the Silence, from Loyola Press, which is sponsoring this podcast. Fiona Basil is a freelance writer and photographer based in Melbourne, Australia. Shh, God is in the Silence is the fruit of a 30-day silent retreat in which she participated in 2015. Thank you for speaking with me, Fiona. Thanks so much for having me. Can you tell us about that silent retreat and how the idea for your spiritual bedtime book emerged? I attended the silent retreat on the island of Malta, and it was the first time for me participating in such a a long time of silence over the 30 days. So I was um, taking part in the Ignatian Spiritual Exercises Silent Retreat. And um, over that time, I suppose you really foster a spirit of silence and tuning into God and um, to what's going on around you. And I was writing every day. And I can admit, I didn't go into the retreat thinking that I would write a children's book. Um, But toward the end of the time there, I was inspired with the words and I woke up in the night and I started journaling and writing what was to become the children's book, God is in the Silence. And had you always known that the project would take the shape of a picture book? So when I was writing the words and um, going over them and reflecting, I had known the work of a Melbourne uh, illustrator, Alice Mount. I had seen her beautiful illustrations in Christmas cards that I had bought previously. So I knew that given the simplicity of the language that I would love um, illustrations that are both eloquent and simple but you know quite meaningful and Alice has a beautiful way of drawing illustrations that you know can really convey a message so I did have Alice in mind though when I got back to Melbourne um, there was a bit of a process in terms of deciding to just write this book from my heart and to do it as a heart project and then to ask Alice if she would come along and in the end I commissioned Alice um, to, to do the illustrations for the book. So there was a bit of a process involved but I was very happy that Alice could take part and, yeah, use her creativity as well to help bring the book alive. In what ways did writing a picture book differ from your previous writing? So in my everyday work, I'm a a freelance journalist and I write a lot of human interest stories. I cover events and um, they're usually, you know, a lot shorter in terms of the audience or, you know, writing for a specific purpose for that magazine. Whereas writing this children's book was really a project of the heart and I suppose the fruit of that silence. So I think I was writing it. I did have my my young nephews in mind when I was writing it and I thought, you know, this is something that I could imagine mums or dads or grandparents reading to little ones and they were words that I think everyone wanted to hear. Well, I think that everyone would like to hear. 
So, yeah, the audience was different and I suppose it's a very different style of writing to what I have done in my everyday journalism writing for magazines and editorial and documentary work. So it was a, a very big shift for me and I'd say it's also sparked a love of poetry now in me in that beautiful prose that using the language that's, you know, not so many words but still being able to get to the heart of things. What was your path to publishing the book? Did you have an agent already at that point? No, so I didn't have an agent. I When I came back from Malta, I had the words in my journal and I had decided that this was going to be a project that I would create. So I, um, because I was already working in magazines, I took it to an editor, colleague and friend of mine, and first of all asked her if she would have a look to just tweak the words and check that maybe the flow was okay. So um, we had some editorial time where we tweaked the words. Then I mocked it up into a book and met with Alice to see if she would do the illustrations and then we mapped out what the different illustrations might be for each of the the book, um, the sentences and so forth. Then I hired a graphic designer, a, f- a friend and colleague of mine who I've worked with for many years, and I paid her to do the graphic design to pull it together. And then I had it printed here in Melbourne. And so for me as a first-time maker of a children's book, I just, it was a lot of learning. I had a lot of support from family and friends. I did testing on mums that I knew and And eventually when it was printed, I remember the first time I saw the printed book and I thought, it's beautiful. I was really, really happy with it and I got 500 printed. I really just, I paid for everything and thought, right, I'll just do what I can. And from there it really took off. And I actually just started sending it out to different publishers, initially just inviting them to read the book and maybe they'd like to sell it or give it as a gift. And Loyola Press were one of those people that I sent the book to. And then they reached out indicating that they wanted to publish it, which I thought was fantastic, um, really, because I didn't actually know what that meant, because I thought I'd already published it. Um, But it's been a wonderful learning curve. And Loyola Press have really um, adopted the book and made it their own and have taken it out into the world. And has the book been published in other territories or languages? Yes. So Loyola Press have brought out a bilingual version in both English and Spanish. So that's been great to see. I have copies of that here in Australia. And it's amazing to see just how many people love that version of the book too, you know, having it both in English and Spanish. So hopefully, you know, we can bring it out in more languages as well, perhaps as it becomes more widespread across the world. Here's hoping. I guess silence is pretty universal. It translates. Yeah, I I have come to really appreciate and love silence. I think particularly in this day and age when we're so inundated with, you know, social media and noise and just the everyday busyness of life, I find moments of silence in the day to be really important and more so if I can, I try to take regular long times of silence. So maybe I go on retreat um, every few months or I go away or I travel and 
for me also finding silence um, is a way to nurture the soul and to really tune into you know what God is saying in my heart and yeah it's just good for the heart and mind and body and soul I think silence yeah I love it I'm curious how do you balance your writing life and your spiritual side I find that the two are complementary. I find that in writing, for me, that's a way of connecting to what the Spirit is saying inside and how I might communicate with God as well in terms of writing my thoughts or what's on my heart. And and equally, sometimes when you are in that space of writing, you know, the imagination op- opens up or the spirit might kick in and I, f- I receive inspiration and imagination to write things. So I really think that both writing and spirituality are, are complementary and particularly for me that both are important aspects of my life. And do you have any writing rituals, um, practices that help ground you? Yes. I find that writing every day is really important. So when I wake up in the morning, I always have a journal and pen by my bedside. So I tend to write first thing in the morning. And I find myself usually writing in the evening as well. But I have journals and pens really everywhere. There's one in my bag. There's one in my bedside table. I have them on my desk. So really the, the thing that I need to maintain is just where I'm up to in each of the journals. That's probably the most difficult thing for me. Um, but yes, I am writing every day um, in terms of, you know, for myself, but equally in my work, you know, when I'm writing for a magazine or for a Um, a specific audience or target, it's all part of that honing in and tuning into that imagination and creativity, but also the skill and craft of writing. So I really find that it's all integrated. So I try to, I'm writing really every day. Yes. Are there any picture books, contemporary or ones from your childhood that have influenced you? When I was growing up in country Victoria, I spent probably more time outside than I did reading books, which probably sounds quite funny given how much I really love books now. But no, I've reflected on this question often. And to be honest, I don't. There weren't any particular storybooks that um, stuck with me or um, picture books. I think I was busy playing outside, you know, playing sport or playing with my brother and um, older brother and sisters too. And so I think I, as an adult, I have, I am enjoying rediscovering picture books and children's books and the joy and wonder and imagination that that creates. I'm making up for lost time, Emma. (laughs) It's never too late. No, no. And it's it's wonderful. I really, you know, I've discovered so many books in in having written this children's book and connecting with Loyola Press. And I do book readings as well in schools across Australia and sometimes internationally. It's really um, aroused in me that sense of wonder and imagination. And I love now looking at other picture books and children's books and admiring what they've done or wondering how they did it. And yeah, I suppose to getting ideas and thinking, hmm, if I was to write another one, what might I do next? And it's always great to have now 
others that I can be um, looking to. I've come to really love the Dr. Seuss books. I definitely missed out on that when I was younger. And there are so many more. So I've got much to um, catch up on for sure. Perhaps uh, channeling your outdoorsy childhood, a lot of the illustrations in the book feature children and families outside um, communing with nature. How do you feel that Alice Mount's pictures complement your text? I think Alice's illustrations really complement the text, just in terms of their, um, well, I say simplicity, but I know it's not simple to illustrate, but I just mean in terms of the way that they um, are able to convey a message. There's space in them, there's colour and the the way they're drawn and, yeah, linking to the elements, you know, whether it's outside under the tree with the book, that that um, illustration on the front cover and also the illustrations where, you know, there are moments of intimacy inside the house in a bedroom or in the living room reading a book or with the animals. And I think um, Alice has also really captured that playful nature, you know, in the expressions and you know, I love the illustration of the dog with the the bone uh, with the branch. You know, when I do book readings, um, often the little children they love they love Alice's illustrations, and they ask about the dog. They really love the dog with the branch, and you know, I just um, say to them, "Well, you know, God is everywhere, and in the joy that animals bring us as well, and in connecting with nature and the life that that brings us, you know, God is present there as well." So. Yeah, I think um, Alice has a beautiful way of conveying um, a message through those illustrations and they connect beautifully and simply yet profoundly with the words that are alongside them in the book. The book is filled with affirmations of God's love for each child. Do you see this book as having a place in the homes of non-religious families as well? I think the words in the book are universal. From my experience, um, when I first brought out the book and I was giving it as um, gifts, you know, when I was speaking earlier, I just made it as something I wanted to do from my heart. And I was giving it to friends who would not subscribe to any faith background And their testimony was that they loved it and they found that it was great, that it applied to everyday life. And I found that really reaffirming. I mean, I come from it from a a Catholic faith tradition and that background, and certainly that's important for me. But I love that it transcends that, those boundaries. You know, the language is universal. I mean, we all want to know that we're loved, that we're precious, that we're unique, that there's no one else like us, that we're safe. And I think with that, I also had planned or I was thinking that the book was for an audience of children aged three to six-year-olds. And what I have found is so many adults contact me and tell me that they found the book so meaningful for them that they sit with the words in contemplation or that they meditate upon the words or they find the words really affirming, particularly in difficult times. So I've really come to trust and understand that this book crosses boundaries. It, um, there is no age limit. It doesn't matter what faith tradition you come from. 
They are words for each and every one of us and they're words that our hearts need to hear. Yeah, I really believe that. I've, I think I've, I've been very fortunate to um, be contacted by many people and so I feel confident now in the fruits of the book and, and the message that it's been conveying. So that's an absolute blessing. That's been just such a beautiful thing to, be, to witness and to experience. You know, maybe not everybody gets to hear the feedback and to see the, some of the fruits of their work, but this is a book that constantly keeps surprising me and it keeps living on and, um, yeah, it's been an absolute joy. Looking ahead, can you share anything about what you're working on now? So I'm always working on something in the background. I, I've been writing, since writing the first book, um, I've thought it would be lovely to write a second book. And so I am dabbling in another one, but I feel hesitant to say something definite, you know, just in case. But no, I am, I am always writing. I've come to really love and appreciate poetry. So I've been doing some self-study on um, poetry writing and forms and prose and different things like that. So maybe the next book will be something to do with poetry and but it'll still I think when it comes from the heart I think it'll still be something that's inspired and related to God or to life and joy and gratitude and they're the themes that I'm playing with, joy and gratitude and finding God in, in the everyday and um, being grateful. So that's, they're some of the themes that I'm working with. Thank you for speaking with me about the book. Thank you again so much for having me. It's been really lovely speaking with you. I really appreciate it. Once again, I've been speaking with Fiona Basil about her picture book, Shh, God is in the Silence, from Loyola Press. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.